So I'm going to give uh, the world's shortest sermon. Um, we're starting a sermon series th- this week, and we'll actually go into it next week, but that we're calling um, The Undivided Self. So in life, we have many different hats that we wear. There's many different spaces, and oftentimes in those spaces that we have at home, at work, at uh, school, um, wherever it may be, sometimes we take on different characters. And a man named Dallas Willard, if you're familiar with him, a theologian, uh, once said that a disciple of Jesus today is someone who asks, what would Jesus do if he were me? I really like that question. What would Jesus do if he were you as a friend? What would Jesus do if he were you as a neighbor or as a worker or as a citizen or as you name it? Do you ever feel like that, that you have to show up to different places and become a different person? Sure, there's, there's roles that we play, but do you, do you feel like you like, are a completely different person when you step into a different space? And that you maybe can never fully be yourself anywhere? I think a lot of us may be living as a divided self and taking on different versions of ourselves, but the good news is the gospel of Jesus gives us an opportunity to live as undivided people, to show up in this, the same way in every relationship, to live like Jesus in all the spaces that we might find ourselves. So, so for the next few weeks, we're going to be exploring how we can be followers of Jesus in different places that we might find ourselves, and I really hope that through it, you'll discover a new way of uh, consistently being yourself as a child of God in all places. Do you guys remember um, when you had to defragment your computer? I was hoping somebody were to re- would remember that pastime. I don't even know what it did, but it, it organized things so that it worked better. The next few weeks might feel like a defragmenting, and it will be personal and You'll be looking at yourself from a higher view of who you are as you enter into the different spaces of life. I think it's difficult for Christians to wrestle with this because sometimes we, we use the word spiritual life, don't we? How's your spiritual life doing? I, I get what we mean when we say that, but it's interesting that in the, the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament, they, they don't even have a word for Spiritual. What we're given by God instead is two options. And they're found in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 30. It says this, This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that, that I have set before you. You've heard this maybe before. Today I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now, Choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him for the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God has given us a choice today and it's a choice 
really between the direction of life and the direction of death, the direction of uh, chaos and the direction of shalom. We're invited and empowered to live as resurrected people, to be the same essential you wherever you go. Colossians 3, I'm going to read a couple of verses here, says this, Don't lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on a new self. That's a single exchange. We're invited as followers of Jesus to exchange the old self for a new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator. There, here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. What if followers of Jesus were known in their neighborhoods, restaurants, schools, workplaces, social media, you name it, as those who clothe themselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience? Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has grievance against someone, forgive as you have been forgiven. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since you, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And in the case of our theme, that would be a consistent peace and contentment across all areas of your life. It's exhausting to try and be seven different people. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you so richly and teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and psalms and hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And here's the key verse. And and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. As Christians, in whatever we do, we're called to do it in the name of Jesus. Other parts of the Bible use words like ambassador. We are a living in all areas of our life as representatives of the resurrected Jesus to ourselves, to our families, to our neighbors, our coworkers, and to strangers on the street. So I, I would say I really like that question. If, what would Jesus do if he were me? That's going to be a key over the next few weeks as we explore the perhaps defragmentation of our lives, to live as undivided selves, as a child of God and walking representatives of Jesus on earth. My friends, every area of our lives is an opportunity to live and model Jesus to a world that continues to choose death over life that continues to spiral into chaos over shalom, we are the ones responsible to break that cycle. God has somehow chosen us to partner with him to do it. And he wants us to do it with peace, humility, compassion, things that don't often come natural to us. But that's going to be our goal over these next couple weeks. And this week, I want to invite you to wrestle with these questions uh, that I have. You can take a picture if you want. We'll post them on our Facebook too, but... This is a deep question. Do you know who you really are? Are you living multiple lives? Does your life overall, as you hover above it and look at it, communicate what you really value or believe? Or or are you putting on different costumes as you enter into the different parts of your life? Are you living a 
fragmented, divided self? Are there areas of your life that have not been turned over to Jesus yet? You don't just have a spiritual life. You have life. So what are you doing to allow Jesus to walk with you in every space that you go? Starting with the person that you see in the mirror before you. Earlier we celebrated baptisms, which is such a beautiful picture of people saying that they choose to believe In the resurrected life of Jesus, Jesus gave his church one more symbol, and we're going to close with this. The night before he was crucified uh, for the sins of the world, out of love for us, he shared a meal with his disciples. Jesus knew that his followers would be tempted, uh, like the rest of us, to live uh, divided lives. So he repurposed a Jewish tradition called Passover, and applied the reality of that meal to himself. He wanted to give us a spiritual practice that the church could do, in addition to the one we've already symbolized today, to remember that we have been brought from death to life. We don't have this pool up here to do cannonballs to get re-baptized every week. We need something to remind us of who we are and to remind us that there are things that maybe we still somehow let ride on our backs that are supposed to be dead in the water. There's an identity that we can pick up, a new one that God so desires for each one of us to have and to collectively have as a group. Communion is like a re-engagement of that idea, it's, it's so similar to what happens in baptism. It's the resurrected blood and body of Jesus that we can remember who we are. We are no longer needing to live as characters in a fragmented world, but as grounded, confident, deeply loved, and redeemed children of God. For whom Jesus came to die and offer eternal life to. Life in him. So one of the earliest followers of Jesus put it this way. For what I received from the Lord I passed on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks. He broke it and said this is my body. Which is for you do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this, is the, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Which is resurrection in his hands. This morning, the table is ready to help you remember that. Maybe it was a long time ago for you when you decided to follow Jesus. Maybe you're only here because somebody else was in this water today. But maybe this is a good opportunity for you to remember that God has not stopped loving you. That the reality of his death and resurrection that is offered to you is still there. And so we practice this thing called communion. That's what those tables are for. 
It is a invitation from Jesus to a single, beautiful, consistent, eternal life across every area of your life. So what I want to invite us to do is to come forward in a second. Um, and we do have these little packet things are gluten-free. If you like them, the little wafers up top there. What I want you to do is come and uh, take it, dip it, and then hold it in your hand and bring it back to your seat. Uh, just like we celebrated unity around this tank today in baptism, we're going to do the same thing with this symbolism of baptism. And so maybe you're sitting there going, can I come up there? Do I count? Is it like, here's, here's what we're going to say. If you believe in Jesus, absolutely come forward. If you're at a place where you want to, come forward. Come receive it and put it in your hand. God is on his knee with a ring for you. And that ring is represented in the body and blood of Jesus. So let me pray and then come forward and grab it as best as you can to get back to your seats. You don't got to find the We're going to, uh, after communion, I'm going to bless us and go. So you don't even have to find your seat. But uh, I want you to come and hold it in your hand for a moment. And then we'll take it all at the same time. So let me pray and then I invite you forward. Jesus, thank you so much for the beauty of this true story that we get to be a part of. It would be pretty um, compelling if it were fictional. It'd be a good read that would make us feel better if we weren't uh, sure that it actually happened. But we do believe that you did come to earth, that you've been on mission since the beginning to bring us back to you in the garden. You sent Jesus, you waited for the perfect timing to send him to be crucified in our place. So that we'd know how much you love us. Not so that we just feel guilty for the rest of our lives, but as a demonstration of your love. Not that, that we would live as resurrected people because three days later he rose. He didn't stay on that cross. He's alive and among us right now in this room. So we celebrate that, Lord. We remember it in this moment. I pray that you bring that to mind for my friends here. And maybe for some of them, this moment is that moment where they said, I'm going to receive Jesus today. If that is for them, Lord, then may it be. Thank you, Jesus, for this moment. We celebrate what you've done for us in this symbol of communion. Amen.